Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It is something you need to be taught. It is something you need to learn, and faith is something that grows and increases when it is fed and it's exercised. Uh, contrary to what some have thought, you know, well, it's just, you just get it all when you're born again and, or maybe somebody can lay hands on you and impart all of it to you. That, that's not how this works. Uh, you have, you're born again with a measure of faith, but you got to feed it and you got to use it. And if you do so, it'll get stronger. If you don't, if you neglect it, if you never go to church, never read the word, you don't pray, you will get weak spiritually. And when you get weak spiritually, then your faith will be weak because faith is of your heart, of the inner man. And when you're weak, everything just seems too hard and seems too big and too hopeless. Uh, and, but it's not that things are so big and so terrible and so hard necessarily. It's just it can be that faith is so weak because when your faith is strong, and, and the greater one inside you is, is living big in you, uh, the problems look small. They look easily overcome. The miracle seems, yes, I can lay hold of that. We can have that. So if you hadn't been, you know, strong and you hadn't been encouraged, you're at the right place today because you can receive and that can change. And I say by faith, it will change today. Come on into the classroom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your kindness, your graciousness, your goodness, your faithfulness. Everybody that is joining us and that should join us, draw them, prompt them, prepare them, and open eyes and ears and hearts and, and feed spirits and nourish faith as only you can do with your spirit and with your words, your anointed words. And we will receive it, and we will respond to it, and we will agree with you, and we will overcome. And, and we say, let it be to your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look with me in Hebrews 10 again. We've been studying for a number of weeks now on uh, this series. We're calling it By Faith. And it's a study of this great 11th chapter of Hebrews. That's many of the verses. That's how they start, by faith, by faith. And it actually begins in the 10th chapter. 10.32 says, But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me in my bonds, and you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better 
and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. We're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. As we mentioned on our last session, faith has to do with the not seen and the not yet. When I say not yet, not yet in this physical realm. Skip on down in the 11th chapter to uh, verses that we got to a couple of sessions ago. Verse 35 says, Women received their dead raised to life again. And that's prefaced by they did it by faith. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now, I believe this is what we're to emphasize in these days in faith school is this, these two phrases right here. They didn't accept deliverance. And they did, they did that in order to obtain a better resurrection. Are all resurrections the same? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Is there just a standard resurrection, standardized? No. Um, and this is something, this is another series. You can find some of this online in our other materials. But equal isn't fair. <laughs> I know that may sound strange to your ears, but uh, it's not. Equal isn't fair. God is fair and equal, just doing, distributing everything to everyone the same, equally, isn't fair. If one person is willing to obey more than another, why should they get the same reward, right? If one person is willing to sow more, sacrifice more. Believe more, trust more, and go further than another, then them getting an equal reward and an equal share isn't just, isn't fair, which is why I say equal isn't fair. And you'll find God is very fair, so he doesn't distribute things just equally, standardized. And uh, here you see that individuals he's about to describe even in more detail, they didn't accept deliverance when they could have been delivered. Now that sounds strange to us because we know, you know, deliverance, healing and restoration and blessing and benefits, that's the will of God. But here we're talking about a different thing. We're talking about persecution. We're talking about a willingness to sacrifice in order to accomplish something for the Lord. And here, 
These individuals, let's read about it, verse 36, they had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawed in two, tempted, slain, or killed with the sword. This is what he's talking about. These people he's referring to, they could have been delivered from this and not have gone through it. But how could they have been delivered from it? By drawing back, by backing off of their stand for Christ. In fact, there were, uh, even hundreds of years ago, um, in Europe and even in this country, there were some uh, terrible things where people decided, you know, they were the only ones right about God, and so they demanded that other people recant their beliefs, or elsewise be burned at the stake, be crucified, be executed, be hanged. It happened many times. Even in the relatively recent, we call a few hundred years, we think that's a long time, but this is talking about thousands of years ago. It's been going on for millennia ever since uh, the Master came. And there have been believers. There have been situations and times where people were persecuted for their faith in Christ to the point of death, martyrdom. The, uh, the Greek word for martyr, I believe it's martyro, and there's like three or four words that are very similar with the same root, but it's equally translated witness in the same King James New Testament. And so you could really, uh, you can use it either way. And that's why in chapter 12, the first verse, do you see what it says? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with what? So great a cloud of witnesses. You could also translate that martyrs. Martyrs. Now, I know sometimes people don't like, they don't like the sound of that. And in our generation, you haven't heard as much about martyrs. And uh, that's, that's not good. We need to hear about it. We, it's in the Bible that we need to look at these things and we need to, to, to know the difference. There are two basic kinds of uh, causes for suffering that the scripture talks about. And uh, let's just take a moment and go look at it over in the book of Peter. In fact, you'll find a lot about it in 1st and 2nd Peter. 1st Peter 2 and 19. The theme of, a, a theme I should say, of these two little books, 1st Peter, 2nd Peter, is suffering and glory. Suffering and glory. And here notice this. It says 1 Peter 2.19. It says, This is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults you shall take it patiently? But if you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. Even here unto where you called, we're called to this. 
Because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Is there a suffering according to the will of God? Answer is yes. I'm quoting scripture, right? And it is following in the example of Christ. It is not, however, suffering from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from that. Suffering being sick, suffering being broke, suffering not having your needs met. That's not this suffering according to the will of God. He he shows two reasons for suffering. Suffering for conscience toward God or suffering for your own faults. Can you see this? And this is what's, uh, it's a little bit irritating, maybe more than that, that you'll hear Christians saying they're suffering for God. And the truth is, they're suffering for their own mistakes. And there's no glory in it. And it's not according to the will of God. And there's not reward for it. But there is a suffering according to the will of God. A suffering that is following the example of Christ. And what is that? It is suffering persecution. Hmm? And that includes, that can include a number of things. I mean, persecute, we just read about it in Hebrews 10. They were maltreated, they were mocked, they had their possessions confiscated. And in in some instances, Revelation talks about it, they were killed because they would not turn loose of their faith in Christ. Now the Bible tells us to observe every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. And we should not be defiant and rebellious if the authorities, uh, you know, direct us to do things. We should, for the most part, comply. But if they pass a law that we can't pray, we're going to break that law. Are y'all with me or not? If they pass a law that we can't preach the gospel, we're going to break that law. What if they put you in jail? Well, then we will go to jail. <laughs> right? Well, and in some places it's been that if you, if you won't renounce your Christianity, you'll be led out to the firing range and disposed of. And if it came to that, we need to be willing to do it. Y'all with me, class, or not? We need to be will, willing to do that. We, we live in an age of, um, and this is a phrase that Brother, uh, our elder, Brother Billy Graham, who's in heaven now, he coined, he, he said, people have adopted what he called easy believism. <laughs> easy believism. And he didn't say it in a complimentary way. And he's right. People like, uh, there's a number of folks, they like church and believing as long as it's easy. And as long as it doesn't cost me anything. If you want to add to me and help me and tell me how to be successful, yeah, yeah. But persecution? Confiscation? Execution? Mm. (laughs) 
Can you see what he's talking about? Well, the gospel is not easy believism. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you got to take up your cross and follow me. What? My cross. <laughs> What's my cross? My cross is what I'm willing for it to cost me. What I'm willing to sacrifice, what I'm willing to do to obey God, to get it done. And how much should I be willing to pay? How much should I be willing to be inconvenienced? How much should I be willing to sacrifice unto death? Right? Is it true or not? Unto death is what I, I must be willing or elsewise I won't follow him all the way. If you can be dissuaded and deterred by persecution and discomfort, the enemy will see to it that enough comes your way that you back off. And can you see, we're still talking about the text. He's, the Lord's not pleased with those that draw back, those that back off. Somebody say, I'm not backing off. I will stand and be a witness for the Christ in life and unto death. Now that's a big statement, but that's what it means to be his witness. Oh, hallelujah. And can you see that that's what he's saying? He said, we are surrounded by a great cloud of martyros. Hallelujah. Martyrs. Now, not all of them were killed for their faith, but all of these we read about here, they were willing to go to the end extreme. Is that right? There was no price they wouldn't pay. There was no sacrifice they would think about Abraham. What wouldn't he give to God? He would give anything to God. He gave Isaac to God, right? Can you see what kind of people we're talking about? And why he keeps bringing this thing up about witness, witness, witness. You'll see it in, in, in Hebrews 11. Let's go back there. Hebrews eleven two. It says, by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. That's the same word as witness. They, they got the witness. Verse 5. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice uh, than Cain, by which he obtained what? Witness <laughs> that he was righteous and God testifying, testifying. You hear these words? Do they stand out more to you now? Witness, testifying. See, he starts out with it in verse 2. In, in chapter 12, when he's summing everything up, he's talking about witnesses. He said, uh, God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaks. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. He was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony. Some of these are the same words. They're just translated different ways. Some of these words are translated uh, testimony, record, witness, martyr. The same word in the King James Bible. But can you see, we're talking about being a witness. 
Is that our call? Is that the call and ministry of every believer? Not, not just preachers, every child of God. Didn't the Lord say, he told his disciples right after he was raised from the dead, he said, you tarry and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Right? He said, you'll receive the Holy Ghost and you will be witnesses. Hallelujah. You'll be witnesses unto me. So regardless of what century you live in, regardless of the society, regardless of your profession, your family, your background, one thing remains the same. I am to be an unwavering witness. Hallelujah. I am to be an uncompromising witness. I am to be a faithful witness. Oh, somebody say faithful. What's a faithful witness? You don't change. He never changes. I'm testifying of him. Some folks have read that. You're to be witnesses. They've read that as to go preaching to everybody. But that's not what that said. And not everybody's called to teach and preach. But everybody can be and should be a living witness ready to testify anywhere to anybody about your first-hand witness experience. What is a witness? In a court of law, unless you were there and, and saw it and heard it, you can't be a witness. It's hearsay, right? If you're a witness, what does that mean? You saw it. You heard it. Is that right? You were there. Well, what are you a witness of that you saw it? You heard it. You were there. Of what he did for you. Oh, hallelujah. Of what Jesus did for you. You were there when you were born again. I was there. Nobody can tell me I wasn't there. I was there. Right? I was there when he filled me with the spirit. I was there when he healed my body. I was there when he met my needs. I was there when he healed my body and my spouse's body and my family's body. I was there when he came through and met our needs and helped us pay our bills. Well, I am to hold fast to that confidence and be bold to testify to that. Not to try to shove it down somebody, but if anybody wants to hear about it, hmm? I'm, a, I'm an eyewitness. To what he did for me. And the Holy Spirit uses that. When you're talking about what he did for you to somebody that's in a situation. Maybe they need the same thing he did for you. And you can say well uh, let me tell you what happened to me. I was down and I, and I was this and I needed this. And let me tell you uh, the Lord showed me what to do. You know pray, pray like this and, and say this and do this. I did it. He brought me out. Who's going, who's going to tell you he didn't? You were there. Is that right? <laughs> but the enemy hates that you're a witness. If you're a witness, you're a light. And he's endeavoring to keep the whole world in the dark, blind and in, in gross darkness. So he does not want you testifying about Jesus. And so he will bring every a thing he can to bear 
to silence the witness and to crush to the point of lying and accusing and mocking and defaming, defunding, executing. Can you see this? This has been ever since there's been Christianity. And even though uh, us and people in different parts of the world are spared from some of the extremes of this that we see, it still exists in varying degrees. And we need to be prepared, no matter how far it goes, that we won't change. Come on, come on, class, say it out loud. I am a witness witness of the living Christ Christ and what he has done for me. Hallelujah. I will never recant. I will be a faithful witness, a steadfast witness, an unchanging witness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, what you see in that, what it takes to do that is faith. And we, we have seen faith for any number of things that we shout about, but the strongest and greatest manifestation of faith is in this area. You won't see a greater manifestation of faith than in the area we're talking about. Jesus is the greatest example of all. Did you see that phrase? Let's read it again. It said, what was it in verse... Uh, 35, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Jesus demonstrated faith in healings, deliverances, miracles. You know that. But where do you see his greatest faith? When he was facing the cross. Is that right? When he prayed and and, and blood came out of his pores. Not my will but your will be done. And and do you remember that he said at one point, he said, don't you know, I could call on the Father and he would send legions of angels. What does that mean? Jesus knew he could have been delivered just like that, but he didn't take it. Oh, come on, can you see this? He didn't accept the deliverance. He knew he could initiate why? For a better resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. Can you see that? For a better. If he had a, we'd have been lost. There would be no resurrection for us. You see his greatest faith when he submitted to God and said, Not my will, but your will be done. When he gave himself to it and let it happen. Trusting God that he would rise from the dead. And he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what is so amazing is that a measure of that faith is now inside you. And now inside me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say that loud. I have a measure of the God kind of faith. The same kind of faith Jesus has. Uh, Hallelujah. Our time's up again. What do you say? So we live by faith. We walk by faith. We overcome the world by faith. We're strong in faith, giving glory to God. Come join us again tomorrow. We need to finish up with this, and we'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory.
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.